right, here we are. It's the Fake Spike Podcast, episode 30. We are cruising right along. What's up, Vort? Not much. Uh, continuing 2021. Nice little distraction from the craziness going on. Let's talk a little bit of Jets. Let's talk some Jets. So I kind of gave you a little teaser earlier in the week. I said I had a scenario for Sam Darnold that I would wait until the podcast to tell you. So let's start with that. Let's just get it out of the way. Sam Darnold, obviously, is in the last year of his contract coming up. The Jets have a decision to make. They either let him play the year and take their chances that he's not awesome and they and they just lose him to free agency. They take their chances that he is a bum and they lose him for nothing and can't trade him. Uh, or they have to decide they want to pick up his option for 2022 and they have to pay him $25 million and commit to that in May. So we know all of that, right? Before you throw me the curveball, uh, this is uh, this is from my lack of knowledge of the financials involved in this. But is it an option? I wonder that they let him play out this season without picking up his option. And if he proves himself to be as the guy, can they then franchise tag him for another year? Yeah, I think they could actually franchise him twice, if I'm not mistaken. The problem with that, and and I was actually going to get to that scenario because. If the Jets do not pick up Donald's option and he has a pretty good year, um, they could franchise him. But the problem with the franchise tag is you got to be paid in the top five. Let's say five. I'm not sure if it's five, but we'll use five as a nice round yeah, number. Yeah, the number of, is going to be all the quarterbacks in the league. It's going yeah. So he he would pay more. They they end up paying him more than the 35 than the 25 they would have given him for sure. And you now. I have to make another decision on him. For, for them to, to franchise him, he would have to have a monstrously ridiculous year. And I think we both agree he's not capable of that without at least a year. Maybe the year after he could do it if they if they developed him. But I don't think that's happening this year. Listen, might be a feasible option. That's what, that's what I wanted to ask you. So that might be a feasible option without committing, without being forced to commit to him for two years. You keep him for a year and... If in an unlikely scenario he outplays any expectations we reasonably have for him, you franchise him. Listen, that's we kind of know in sports that if you don't pay early enough, you end up overpaying. And the Jets are in that position that unless they find a replacement and he outperforms all the expectations, they're going to have to overpay. We are whether it's going to be a long-term contract, which I don't think is likely after one solid season, unless they're literally in the conference finals next year, or you overpay him via franchise tag. But okay, that was I just wanted to ask you if you were aware if that was an option, but I'm ready for your curveball now. Hit me with it. That is, I, I'm not, I'm actually, that is one of the options and it kind of plays into the, the curveball I was going to throw you. So we can actually just expand on that a little, discuss it a little bit more. Donald, um, if he and, and the reason I'm saying that is because the option that I'm going to throw at you that I read somewhere, which made a lot of sense, and people were kind of adding other stuff, is that you don't you don't sign him to the option; you just keep him as he is and you let him play the thing out. Now, here is what people brought up, and I thought it was great. Okay, Miami and Buffalo are the two most recent options, but other teams have gone the route that when they are in the position the Jets are in they do not draft the quarterback immediately unless they love the quarterback so if the if the Jets absolutely love Justin Fields or they absolutely love Zach Wilson or they love who's the guy from uh, from North Dakota State the um 
I know who you're talking about, but his name is eluding me. But I'm, yeah, I, you yeah. know what? I don't even want to talk about the third best quarterback this year. It, to me, it's Lawrence. Uh, it's hands down the only surefire guy. And Fields, depending on how he plays in the championship game and then all the offseason evaluations, those are the only two names I'm even willing to consider, contemplate, and listen. Okay, well... Here's the thing. If the Jets don't love any of those guys, Trey Lance, that's the guy's name. So if the Jets, let's say the Jets love one of those three guys, then they draft him. That means either you take Fields at two or you trade down and grab one of the other guys. But if you do not love a quarterback and you don't want to draft a quarterback just for the sake of drafting one, then you can go the route that other teams have taken. And most recently, it was Miami and Buffalo. What they do is they trade back, grab the picks, Okay, they they start to build the team, and then you then what they do is they use the picks that they acquired to trade up the next year to get a quarterback. So you're kind of juggling either you you don't love quarterbacks this year, but you have to love one next year because this is two years. You cannot extend this to a third year because then the guys you draft start to get through their rookie contracts and it, it turns into a mess. So. Basically, what it is is, is is Miami and Buffalo both did that. They traded back, used the picks to move up. Or in Miami, actually, in Buffalo's case, they moved up to get Josh Allen. In Miami's case, they got lucky that that one of the picks they got, they're now picking number three. Okay, and and Miami drafted their quarterback last year. So. I have been against accumulating picks all this time because I think it, eventually it's overkill. But if the Jets don't love one of these quarterbacks, then that is definitely not a bad option. And then you have enough that they they have enough draft capital right now to trade up next year. Can you imagine if they got two more number ones and another couple of twos? They could trade up next year. They could have the team start to be built this year, trade up next year. And then what you do is Sam Donald is there for another year, and then you're in the situation that you mentioned where if he has a great year, you're in a, you're in a fortunate position. If he doesn't have a great year, you let him walk or you trade him halfway through the year, whatever the case is. But you sign a vet something, but you would basically either have Darnold or a vet or a both as a as a as a stopgap quarterback for 2021. Um, the only problem is that Sam Darnold could throw a monkey wrench in the whole thing, and you know you, you either need to go get a vet um, and let Darnold compete with him, but you can't at this point. Darnold is is essentially untradeable, so I think Sam Darnold's going to be here one way or the other next year, or they trade him for whatever they can get if they feel that bring, bringing in a new quarterback with Darnold is not going to be beneficial. So that's basically the curveball that I, I took from a couple of people on Facebook. And I had not thought of that particular option. I thought of getting picks and, and sticking with Darnold or going with a vet, whatever. But but the whole trade up for the quarterback next year, if there's someone you love, is something I really didn't give any thought. So I'll, I'll say two things to that. Number one, I am never against accumulating draft capital. To me, draft picks are like Amazon stock. It's just it's not going to hurt you in the long run. So that's never a bad thing. The other thing, and I'll go out on a limb and say it right now, uh, I hope we save this episode um, and uh, you can throw it in my face when I'm wrong. If the Jets end up getting a young quarterback this year, if they draft a quarterback this year, there is no way in hell, there is absolutely no way in hell, no matter how untradeable he is, that Darnold is on the team next year. If the Jets are wise and they look at what's going on in the league, you do not go into training camp with the rookie quarterback without having a veteran backup, somebody like a Fitzpatrick, somebody like a Josh McCown who was here for Donald. You need somebody who, when the rookie is going through his growing pains, you need that veteran on the sideline to calm him down, to go over the film and the, and the photos with him, to be that secondary coach, that, that friend, that older brother. Brother. 
And if you're putting a rookie quarterback and Darnold is his guiding light, Darnold is the guy that's helping him progress, good Lord. Right. It's also against Darnold's best interest. My big concern is the new coach that comes in, is he going to have an itchy finger to say, no, I'm done with Darnold, even though I don't love Fields, I like him enough to hang my career basically to hang my jets career on fields because like like we discussed in prior podcasts with douglas and the incoming coach they're gonna want their own guy so i just hope that the jets don't overvalue uh, somebody like fields just because they're ready to move on from darnold I agree with you completely. I don't need to save the podcast just to prove you wrong because you know, one of the things I did say in, in my whole long diatribe there was that if they do draft a quarterback this year, Donald won't be here. I think if they draft a quarterback this year, they will bring in a vet and th- that guy will either start or the vet will start until he's ready, kind of like what Miami did this year. And Donald, they will get whatever they can for Donald, even if it's a fifth round pick or a sixth round pick. So I think if they decide they love one of these quarterbacks, that's what they're going to do. So I don't think Donald Donald to be here unless the Jets don't draft the quarterback. If the Jets don't draft the quarterback, and and there's, I don't think there's any way the Jets stay at two if they're not drafting a quarterback. That would be foolish because you can draft down three or four, uh, trade down three or four spots and draft a monster offensive guy. The, the lineman might fall. You know, I don't think he does, but you know, wide receivers, that tight end, there's a whole bunch of guys. So I don't think the Jets would benefit by staying at two and taking the best guy unless it's a quarterback. They have to love a quarterback. If they don't love a quarterback, they trade down, they get some picks, they get a monster offensive guy, then I think Sam will be here because at that point, you have nothing to lose with him. You don't have to trade him and you're certainly not going to cut him. The cap hit would be huge. So you let him play out that last year again with a vet on the on the roster. I think either way, there's a vet in the, on the Jets in the quarterback position next year. So that's that's the way I look at it. So I agree with you on that completely. If Donald is here, um, if they don't, I'm sorry, if they don't draft the quarterback, Donald will be here. If they do, Donald is out the door no matter what it is they have to get from its addition by subtraction at that point. I think it's a no-brainer. I agree with you. It's either fields or the trade down. And I do have a specific team that I have in mind that if the Jets are going to end up trading out of two, it's going to be the Washington football team. I think I think Washington football team, especially with the disaster that happened with them this year with Haskins and then cutting him already, they're going to be willing to give up a lot of capital to give Ron Rivera a quarterback of the future, a quarterback of the now. Uh, Dan Snyder is known to be a bit of a loose cannon. I think he'll be willing to... I think he'll be willing to pay a king's ransom as far as draft picks go to give Ron Rivera a quarterback, especially if they decide that Fields is their guy. So, yeah, to me, that's uh, it's either the Jets fall in love with Fields based on his performance in the college championship game and offseason evaluations to follow, or they trade down and they look at the and they revisit the quarterback situation next year. That's absolutely the only two options I see. I think there is a small chance that they like one of the other quarterbacks and trade down a few spots, get a bunch of picks and pick him then. But I generally agree with you. I think they will either love fields or they will trade back and then take a quarterback at a different time. Now, Washington is drafting at 19 unless they win this week, in which they're not going to. So let's, you know, on the, on the off chance Washington beats Tampa Bay, you know, they, they might even draft lower. But But the best case scenario is that the Jets – if Washington trades with the Jets, they get the 19th pick. I mean, for you to go from 19 to two, that is a lot of picks. The Jets can get a lot of picks there. But the question then becomes, are you comfortable with the Jets drafting at 19 for the first time? 
because they lose out on all that really high-end talent that you want. You know, those, the two receivers will be gone. The tight end that you love will be gone. Certainly, f- I'm thinking four quarterbacks will be gone by by 19, or at least the three the three big ones. So, are you comfortable dropping to 19? You got to figure Seattle's going to be in the mid to high 20s at best. So, are you comfortable having 19 and 28 if we? If we get all those picks, or would you rather trade with a team that, that keeps you in the top 10? If you're asking me, of course, of course, after the year like we've had, when you win two games, when you win one game, when you're as bad as the Jets, you're never one player away. So if it's somebody like Washington, if you're falling out of the top 15, it better be two two first round picks, two second round picks, and something like a third or a fourth. I mean, it's got to be a king ransom. Otherwise, absolutely, you got to stay in the top ten. That you can, uh, you're adding a legit playmaker. Either you're adding another stud offensive lineman to match up with Beckton, and now you have a real, real solid offensive line for the next couple of years, or you're you're drafting a real game changer. And I'm thinking only three positions. Uh, probably one of the best tight ends if there is one, a true game-changing wide receiver, or a shutdown corner if there is one. Those are the only three positions. So offensive lineman, uh, playmaking wide receiver, or tight end. Or if you're going defense, you're hoping to find another Darrell Rivas, a true shutdown one-on-one corner. Where is this you're talking about now? What what draft position are you assuming this will be? This is if the Jets uh, stay inside the top 10 this year. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Right. I, I agree. I think inside the top 10, I think they still have a shot at one of those other qu- other quarterbacks. I know you don't love them, but you never know. The Jets might. Um, the two other ones beyond Justin Fields are Zach Wilson, who's getting a lot of love, and Trey Lance. Now, that's a guy to watch for. I don't know. Th- th- did you and me speak about him at all? I don't think we did. Trey Lance is is got all the tools, blah, blah, blah. We've all heard that before. But he has a lot of the tools that new quarterbacks have, the ones that you love. He's he's they compare him um at least his escapability and all that stuff to Patrick Mahomes. Okay. He um the problem with him, if you want to call it a problem, is that North Dakota State is a shit little school no one's ever heard of. So he probably hasn't played such tough competition, but he also didn't play this year. He only played one game because of COVID. So they they scheduled one game. He never got to do anything. Now they still expect him to go in the top 10 or top 15. That's how that's how much value they feel he has. He he, he went 28 touchdowns, no interceptions in the, in 2019. And again, that's, you know, that's division 902. So who knows how good he is, but he's got all those intangibles. He's 6'4". He's got, he's got the, he's got the running ability and everything. So Trey Lance is an interesting guy that they, that they might be able to get in the low, the low single digits and or the, or the high single digits, low double digits. If they trade down to there, if they stay in the top five or six, then I think they grab one of the receivers or if that lineman falls, I'm on board with all of that uh, corner. I think there's a corner there too. So yeah. So if they're in that top 10 area, they're definitely drafting one of those things. That's the only things you can draft in the top 10. You can't, really you can't really go in a different direction unless there's a, a, a huge um you know a huge edge rusher who can get to the quarterback that's that's the only other one that would that would cause me to do but if they drop to 19 now you're, you're talking 19 you're talking you know an alignment a corner a safety which god forbid we don't need another safety maybe you know the third best wide receiver falls there there's a lot less as far as uh you know like 
big time pizzazz and high end stuff there. You're still going to get a great player, of course, but it's not those really super dynamic guys. Now, of course, guys fall past that all the time, so you never know. But at the, but the the payoff for that is that you would have gotten, as you said, at least at least a handful of picks. You know, you got to figure four high picks, whether it's three ones and a two or two twos and a two. Two twos and two ones. Um, when you go from nineteen to two, that's huge. When you go from six to two, you probably got to give up four or five draft picks. So going f- get down to nineteen, the Jets would probably get six picks. You know, like a couple of firsts, a couple of seconds. You know, a couple of other late picks, and they might give one back as well. So that 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 is all the different dynamics that are going on, depending where they trade. If they trade now, of course, if they love Fields, then they stay at two and they take them. So we don't know what direction they're going to go, but those are the different options. If we're not taking Fields, I will say this as a fan in me i want to stay in the top 10 there's just that level of excitement when you're drafting in a top 10 that you don't get when you're drafting at 19 it's just i understand we're gonna have ransom for the future but as the fan in me i want to if it's not fields i want to still get a handful of solid picks which you know we will there's going to be a team that is going to be dying to jump ahead to take fields if it's not the jets but of course my preference is remain in the top 10 so you can get that really sexy name that really gets you excited a name that you can't wait to see put on the Jets uniform and perform. I know. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I already wish it was late April. <laughs> so that gives us a nice little segue into uh, the Jets and their head coach because I don't think any decisions are going to be made on Donald or anyone else until the Jets have a coach in place. Now, that coach is – they've started interviewing for it. I've, I'm sure you've seen some of the names that are out there that they're interviewing. This is still early in the process. I don't think the Jets are making this decision for a month at least. I think they're going to give the, the NFL playoffs time to finish up, um, You know, if, especially if Enemy is the guy they want. They're going to have to wait for him anyway. Uh, I, I don't see the Jets making this decision before before the beginning of February. And they've already interviewed three that we know of. So uh, the, 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 the search is underway. They, I think there's a lot more to come. Uh, the three names that I'm aware of that they interviewed out there are Eric Bieniemy, Aaron Glenn, which is an interesting choice. I've heard a lot of good things about him, and he's a former Jet, which would be, you know, which would be pretty cool. And uh, Marvin Lewis, who I want no part of at all. So that was the main reason why I wanted to do the podcast tonight, is to discuss some of the names and to actually gush and rave how happy I am that the Jets are not zeroing in on a particular name. Like you, Marvin Lewis is the only name that I've heard so far that absolutely scares the shit out of me. That's basically you're you're gunning for a coach whose career accomplishment is going eight and eight consistently. Not what I'm looking for. I'm sorry. But outside of that, I am very excited by the names I'm seeing. They're talking about the 49ers defensive coordinator, who is a very hot name. Uh, they, they got, uh, they're seeking permission to speak to the Bills offensive coordinator, Biennemi. And then I was going to surprise you, but I forget that you are a diehard Jet fan like me. I thought the mentioning Aaron Glenn was a surprise. Now, I will tell you this. When I first heard about Aaron Glenn's name, in the coaching search earlier today, I kind of took a step back saying, whoa, where is this coming from? I don't know if I like this one bit. This is this seems more like a sentimental pick. He played for the Jets. But now everything I'm reading about him is making me fall in love. The guy was a Jet, so obviously very loyal to the franchise. The guy learned on the Bill Parcells, and now he's learning on the Sean Payton. So as far as uh, the tutelage he's receiving, can't get much better than that. So after reading all that stuff, definitely a little bit of excitement uh, about having his name as one of the potential candidates. But just the overall feeling, happiness, and uh, I guess uh, 
calm. Calm is the best word. Calm, the fact that the Jets have a long list. It seems like they're determined to really do their due diligence, interview a lot of people, and it seems like most of them are the right people, people who are in demand. And like you, I agree. I don't believe they're going to have a name or at least the final list until we're very, very close to or right after the Super Bowl. And I'm totally okay with that. I want this to be a decision that's not made uh, on a hunch, on a, uh, I don't want it to be a snap decision. I want it to be a well thought out process. And it seems like the Jets are doing just that. I could not agree more. Um, and, you know, we, we talked about this in the last podcast. And I don't want to get stuck on a guy. I don't want to get all anxious. I'm just going to sit back and let them, let them, you know, do the process the right way, interview everybody. And, you know, at the end of it, obviously they're going to hire somebody and we're going to have no choice but to be okay with it and and hope for the best. As long as it's not someone that's obviously pathetic, like, you know, if they were to, if they were to go grab somebody who got fired, you know, like, like Doug Marone. If the Jets can bring Doug Marone in here, I'm going to freaking, I'm going to drive my car off a cliff head first and hope, and hope I don't survive. Because that's, that's exactly the type of thing that I, that they would do in previous years and I would, and I would go crazy. Uh, the other guy that they, that they're setting up an interview with is the guy from the 49ers, right? Robert Salah, Salah, so I don't know how to pronounce it. So um, he's another guy that they're setting up an interview with. They haven't even gotten to some of the other guys they've talked about. They haven't gotten to any of the college coaches that we've heard about. They haven't gotten to the offensive coordinator on Buffalo that we've heard about. And so, you know, the Jets might end up interviewing you know, 20 guys, which is great. I mean, let's, let's hope that Douglas really knows what he's doing gets the right guy in there and you know they can interview 20 guys and they could all be great but they all have to have the same vision he has because you know douglas is not going to go with a coach that doesn't share his vision he's looking for a guy who's got the same vision as him even though he's talking about giving the coach say you know there's 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 black there's white and there's gray you know he the the other guy can't be on the white side while joe douglas on the black side you know you're, you're gray you discuss the gray you meet in the middle but you know, so he's got to go through all of these guys, figure out who's who's got the same vision he does, and then make sure he hires the right guy. So, and I, I have a lot of confidence in Joe Douglas. I really do. Judging by the first few days of the coaching search, I do as well. I've liked Douglas hiring from the beginning, and so far, the way this offseason is uh, shaping up, and again, we are barely not even a week into the offseason, he's justifying my faith, and I expect nothing but good things. The coaching search has me excited. And that's kind of what I wanted to mention this week. I didn't want to drag it out too long. I just wanted to express my excitement that the Jets are taking their time and seem to be lining up a long list of names and exciting names on top of that. We are in a lockstep on this one. So we will uh, try and catch up. I guess we have no game to review. So we will catch up, I guess, um, early next week and uh, see where the coaching stuff stands then. Maybe some other things will pop up. And if not, then we at least have some playoff football to talk about. Maybe there's somebody on the, on one of those teams that'll uh, make an impact on the Jets somewhere down the line. Sounds good. Enjoy the games this weekend, and I'll catch you early next week. 